Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Parent Q Live, where it's our goal to help you do family better. My name is Carlos Whitaker, hanging out here with our wonderful co-host, Kristen Ivey. Kristen, how are you, friend? Hey, Carlos. Hey, I want to go ahead and let people know that we're in Nashville, Tennessee today. Yeah. Many times we're recording this in Atlanta, uh, but you guys decided to drive up to me this time. So if if I feel a lot more rested, if I sound a lot more rested, and Kristen sounds a little bit more exhausted today, <laughs> it's just because she road tripped up here. It's great to be here, though. I yeah. mean, we made the big sacrifice to come to Nashville. You did. You but did. Tennessee's beautiful. Do you feel cooler? I do. I feel Nashville? a lot cooler Okay, in just a little hipper? Yeah. Uh-huh. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, today we're super excited about our guest. Our guest name is Ted Lowe. Uh, and I love that it says this in his bio. He has three busy kids um, who he serves as an Uber driver. Uh, Ted's also the author of a brand new book called Your Best Us. He speaks around the country. He blogs. He was the director of married, or he is the director of Married People. Uh, he was also working with married people at North Point Community Church, hailing from uh, California. He was actually on staff at Saddleback Community Church for a while. He graduated from Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California. What, what I love about Ted is that he really has devoted his life to talking about being married, staying married, having a healthy marriage. And today we're going to be talking specifically about staying on the same page as parents. Yeah, absolutely. I love this opportunity to get to talk with Ted about same-page parenting, because whether you're married, whether you're remarried, whether you're a single parent, regardless of that, anybody who is a parent, your child probably has more than just you as their parent. I mean, you're probably half of the equation or a third of the equation or you know, an eighth of the equation, depending (laughs) on your family setup. Um, I know growing up for me, I had quite a number of parents, actually. Um, And so I think it's just important for us to constantly ask ourselves the question, how are you parenting along with Mm. whoever else is a parent for your child? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Some of you listening, you know, you may be co-parenting with with somebody. You may be divorced. Some of you have, you know, you're co-parenting and you have the step-parent involved. There, it's, it's, it could be a many number of things. Right. I know yeah. parents who are friends of mine who have adopted a child and have a biological parent who they've, you know, introduced to their kid. There's so many different scenarios where you think about who are the parents for your child? Yeah. Who are they going to look back and go, you know, they were involved in my life. They were parenting me. And how do you stay on the same page? You know, because, I mean, I don't know if you're this way, Carlos, but like there's just this tendency sometimes when you're in this world, you're learning about parenting, you get in your mind, you have this idea of what you want to be true for yeah. your kids. And you're like, I know how to parent them. Yep. I've got all the all the answers to how I want this to go. And then- you know, the other person who's parenting your child, maybe, maybe they get it right. It's, maybe they do it a little differently. It's, it's so, it, it's so true. I mean, just the other day, Heather's in Washington, DC on a road trip with the kids. And she starts telling me something about um, what Losiah did. He was having a hard time with this or that. And I was like, well, obviously you did this, right? <laughs> and when I said it, I could tell that she kind of got a little bit irked. Like, yeah. um, you're not here. I'm sorry, you weren't here. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> And I've got this. And so, right. so again, right. you know, like we, we all as parents think we, we, we know exactly what needs to happen. Right. But to get on the same page is super important. Yeah. So we're, what we're going to do right now is actually try to get on the same page together. We're going to play a game. <laughs> 
And we've we've loved these games so far, Kristen, um, because we're really bad at them. And it's just funnier when when we're not so skilled <laughs> at these games. But but this one this one I'm I, I'm hopeful in. Uh, let me explain to the listeners what this game is. It's called the three word story, and Kristen is going to try to have to guess the word or include the word that you're about to hear that she's not going to hear in the story. So, for instance, if the word was unicorn, okay? Okay. If the word was unicorn, I would try to get you to say the word unicorn as you continue on my story. So I'll say three words, you say three words. I say three words, you say three words, until you say the word unicorn. Now, the word is not unicorn. Ah. Um, We're actually going to include this word later so Kristen doesn't hear, but this is the word. Treasure. There you go. You heard it. So, all right. So here's the goal, Kristen. You're going to finish the story. We're going to, we're going to get the story, but you're going to have to include the word that the audience just heard. I'm going to start. Ready? Okay. Three words at a time. Okay. The pirate had a treasure chest of. You said treasure. That was the word. (laughs) That was the word. How did you do that? I'm so so good. I'm so good at this game. That really kind of freaked me out. Well, you actually said four words, but no but, treasure is is treasure chest two words. Yeah, yes, treasure chest is two words. <laughs> Did you teach English? Did you teach English? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nonetheless, treasure okay. was the word. Treasure was. I that, said it in two a second word. Yeah, nobody does that this fast. That's. I, I promise you so guys. So I get. Did, I get to have a word now. Right? You get to have a word, and you get to do it with me. That was um. Very a very successful round. Okay. So let, let's see what happens. Kristen, it's your turn to try to get me to guess your word. All right. This is going to take me a lot longer. That's fine. I'm not a pro at this game. No, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. All right. This is the word. Lip gloss. For my date. We went to. The movie and. Dinner. And then. I grabbed my. Mascara. And tweezers. <laughs> She's giving me the look here. I can't get there. I can't get there. This is, this is you can't? Okay. Tell us what the word was. I was trying to get you to say lip gloss. Oh, lip oh. gloss. No way. There's, There's no, no way, way this 40-something-year-old man was going to say lip gloss. Okay, so Kristen, um, you apparently are a maven at getting the word. <laughs> But whatever the opposite of Maven would be is what you are. We're trying to get me to get. The I word. would not guess the word Maven. Just no. so you know, if that's so your like, word. Okay, no, the word is not, not the word is not Maven. But now, since that was a, a complete and total disaster, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try this again with you. Okay, trying to guess the word. Got it. Okay. Um, again, lip gloss. <laughs> I, I I just that was really that was a tough one. So I'm going to try to make it a little bit simpler here. Okay, here we go. Tell. Man, it hurts. <laughs> when I run on my big treadmill Go! and stair climber, but I stubbed my toe. Yeah, toe, toe is there. Yay! Got it. You got it. Fantastic. We finally got on the same page. Okay. Um, it took a minute. It took a minute. So, um, well, that was fun, Kristen. I'm a. I'm. I'm definitely appreciative of 
of your your skills in guessing the word, there you not go. necessarily having me. I may work on my yeah my storytelling <laughs> ability. Maybe maybe that's Somewhere what it is. There, yeah. Who knows? Uh, so as Chris and I just try to get on the same page, now we're gonna get to talk to Mr. Ted Lowe about what it looks like as parents to get on the same page. Here you guys go. Hey, Ted, it's good to have you. Hi, Kristen. It's good to be here. All right. We're going to talk about something today that I'm excited to talk about. And uh, first off, I would just say one thing I think we should talk about on this podcast is that parenting is hard. Well, it is for some. You know, my wife and I, we're, we, it's just easy. So it'll be good to dialogue that with you, Kristen. No, of course. Yeah. It's, <laughs> parenting's tough. No, no doubt about it. Yeah. And in your own experience, I know you, you know, you help married couples and couples connect with each other. Um, but there's also another factor in parenting that sometimes we don't talk about, and that's this idea of co-parenting. Mm. That not only are you trying to raise a small person to become a responsible adult who understands what it means to be a, a human, you know, and do the things that are right. normal for humans to do. Um, but you're also trying to do that alongside oftentimes another adult person, and maybe you didn't, you know, communicate with each other, or you just find yourself kind of stumbling through parenting together. Right. You're just in these middle of these situations, and you've got this approach, you're feeling pretty good about it, and you go after it, and your spouse gives you that look like, no, that's not the way I would have handled it. And so I think there's a there's <laughs> moments where, you know, you know Have you like, ever gotten one of those looks? I've, again, I've heard about people that's gotten those looks. <laughs> yes, yes, we definitely get those looks. And we're, I've never given one of those looks either. Never. Right. No, no, no. I usually get most of them, actually. <laughs> no, uh, my wife and I are very, very different, so I understand this world uh, uh, very well. But, uh, you know, it's co-parenting's difficult. You know, um, it's it's easier to work by ourselves sometimes than in the group project. I mean, like, we, we understand, I understand me. I understand how I think and see things. Um, and you already feel so out of control, and now you even have less control over something that you can't control, mm-hmm. which, which is your kid. Um, you know, I think anytime it's collaborative, you know, it's just going to be slower. It's going to be messier. It's going to be confusion. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's actually a really good thing. So in your work with married couples, just for a second, it's one thing when you're co-parenting and you're married. Is parenting stressful for married couples? Oh, wow. You know, it was very funny as we were uh, preparing for this the last few months. Um, For us, our first son, we worked, my wife and I worked full-time together. And so we have this little boy and we were splitting time with him and we Mm -hmm. were traveling with him and we thought that was great. And so uh, that wasn't a huge bump for us with our first child. Now it comes two and three, it was different. Uh, but when you start looking at the stats and you just ask around a little bit, parenting's very difficult on a marriage. Like, especially for first-time parents, mm. you know, all of a sudden, you know, they have this world of intimacy and it's just the two of them and they've kind of gotten that figured out a little bit. And then all of a sudden a baby comes in into play and it's like, okay, who's going to do what? You know, yeah. what's your role? What's my role? Uh, you know, intimacy is an issue. Your mom's like, uh, don't touch me. I've had something connected to my body all day, right. yeah. even for, <laughs> for some moms. Yeah. And so it's 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 really challenging. And, you know, men, we can pout and say, I don't feel like you care anything about me anymore. You're worshiping this baby. And so there's just so many different tensions uh, that seem to be at play. And yeah. it's like, who's going to do what? And those kind of th- dynamics. Definitely. I think... You know, when I grew up, my my parents divorced when I was in middle school, and I had a front row seat to watching my parents co-parent even on the other side of a divorce. And I would say it's not easier 
you know, there's still a communication issue of trying to figure out, okay, here's how I think we should raise our kid. Here's how you think I should raise our kid. You know, and it's just maybe even magnified. I think there's just this idea of having to work with another adult at a task that you both feel is such an important task, but maybe you see the how-tos just a little differently. Yeah, or, or a lot differently. You know, we've got our own parents, what we saw growing up. And, you know, sometimes I wonder if my kids go, would you pick a lane? Because mm-hmm. I, I want a parent, like I feel like God wants me to parent. And then I find myself being my dad, you know, <laughs> and I find my dad was a great dad, but he was definitely old school. And so I find myself, well, I'm about to bust out some old school parenting on you kids. And so we can see things differently like that. My mom passed away when I was 10. And so there's a dynamic of just a dad in the picture. It was a, mm. not always in the picture. And she had a very, um, uh, mom, her mom was, stay-at-home mom that was there, knew every detail of their lives, knew everything going on. And so those dynamics for us have been a difficult thing. It's because you bring in different expectations, you bring in different baggage, and you bring in different assets. But sometimes it's so hard to manage. Like, how do we get on the same page here? Because there's so many things at play. Yeah. I know another thing is when you're in premarital counseling, or maybe you're getting ready um, to go into marriage with somebody, you you talk through a lot of stuff. You'll say, hey, you know, what do we want our professional life to be like? You know, where do we want to live? You talk about dreams. And usually when you have the conversation about parenting, it comes down to just, do we want kids? <laughs> right. How many kids would we like? And I know there's a lot of things I didn't anticipate that we needed to get on the same page about. Um, And so anytime that you're in a co-parenting situation, whether you're married or divorced or remarried or single parent and you're working with grandparents, whoever, whatever that other adult is, it's hard to anticipate conversations that we need to have about parenting with the other adult who's helping us raise our kids. Do you have any insight? I mean, you've kind of gone through this. You're a little further down the road. Would you have any insight about what are the conversations that you wish you had had or that we could anticipate? Right. I think for us, one of the things that became an issue was how we wanted our kids to relate to money. Mm. Um, I grew up with, again, no mom, but a dad who had money. And so he kind of loved with money. And I kind of medicated with money. You Mm. can go purchase something. You can go somewhere. You can do something. Nancy grew, stay-at-home mom, and her dad was a football coach, and brother and sister. So they didn't have a lot of money. So uh, times were lean for them. And so if they wanted anything as a teenager, you know, you went and got a job and you paid for it. Mm-hmm. Well, now those two things got married mm-hmm. and those two, those dynamics got married. And so we see money very differently. Mm-hmm. And so we've really had to come to the table and that go, what is, what do we want our kids? How do we want them to feel about money? Uh, I remember one time we went, to, they took them to a fair uh, and we're in Hilton Head. So things weren't exactly cheap, South mm-hmm. Carolina, you know, right? a little beach town. Yep. And she gave them all like, $2 a piece. And I'm watching them go from thing to thing. And it's like $7, $8. And, my, <laughs> you know, my heart, who is love with money, is like, that's the meanest thing that I've ever seen. You set them up for failure. Um, but I do know she has um, she has really taught them, as being a stay-at-home mom until the, the last four or five years, um, she has really taught them the value of money and working for this. And that's the thing that you got to have conversations about. Like, what do we want money uh, to be about? How do we feel about uh, what they're going to watch on TV? Mm. Do we screen everything or do we use it as teachable moments? When can you do that? When you don't? Uh, How much influence are our parents going to have on raising our kids? Do Mm. they have any say-so? Do they have a lot of say-so? How do we feel about that? How do we feel about what time you're getting home from work every day? 
That's great. You know, and just having those conversations um, about how we're going to beforehand is always healthy because when we try to communicate, and the same is true as marriage, when we try to communicate when we're upset and we're angry, our body chemically is not on our side. Uh, it's been flooded with chemicals like cortisol, where we're not we're not thinking very well. Our frontal lobe's checking out, and so we're saying things that we wish we wouldn't say. We act in a way we wish we wouldn't act because we're trying to handle and talk about a situation at the absolute wrong time. It's not during the moment; it's before the moment, or a good healthy distance after the moment. Mm-hmm. That's great. I think there's there's two tensions that come to mind when I think about this issue of co-parenting and trying to get on the same page. One is just that thing that happens when, you know, you read something, maybe you read an article, Harvard Business Review, you've discovered something about how kids are wired and, or you read a new book or you see something online and you go, okay, that's something I want to try with my own kids. Um, So whichever parent you are, however you fit in the mix, you've got this idea that you've discovered about your kids. And so you want to influence the other adult who's a part of raising this child with you, and you want to influence them to say, let's try this together. Right. How do you go about influencing each other as it relates to parenting and things that you want to try? Well, it seems oftentimes in marriage, you've got one that's doing things like listening to Parent Q. <laughs> and they read and they listen and they learn. And uh, then you've got a parent that's maybe not quite engaged with that or their mind's not quite in that space. And uh, they walk in the door uh, or you reconnect at the end of the night and you come barreling in going, we need to do this. Or worse yet, they wait till a situation comes up and the parent handles it in a way and they go, whoa, 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 I read this thing the other day. You shouldn't be parenting like that. (laughs) Uh, And so I think it's one of those things. uh, You got to realize that dynamic that some are more apt for change and they're more excited about change than others. Uh, But if you're the one that you hear something, you're excited about that. I think for both men and women, there's issue of respect. Like it starts off with, hey, I want to talk to you about something, but before we do, I want to know, how do you feel about fill in the blank? How do you feel about money? I read this thing today. I thought it was pretty interesting, but I want to know where you feel about it because I'm excited about it and I don't want to mow you over with it. So can we talk about this? But first, I want to hear where you're coming from. You know, it's just one of those things that wins in any relationship. That's you know, great. It, you know, it's Stephen Covey, seek first to understand before you can be understood. Mm-hmm. And that's been around forever, but it's so true with parenting and marriage both. Yeah. I think you led with a question, which I love. Lead with an, a question to discover what the other person is thinking about it. That's yeah. fantastic. They might just have some really fascinating things to say. <laughs> Sometimes we just don't let them or they don't let us. And so I think when we give each other that opportunity, it's huge. I recently was talking to a parent, um, a dad friend of mine who said, I just want to be part of the conversation mm. before the decision gets made. Wow. And I thought that was fantastic. Another mm. way to just say, say that again. I want to be part of the conversation before the decision gets made. Mm. In other words, I thought that was that was insightful for me as a parent to go, don't make the parenting decision mm. and then let the other person know, but right. invite them into a conversation when you can. Mm. Um, I love your idea of bringing it back to respect, respect for each other first before you talk about what you want for your parenting. And mm. that kind of leads me into the next tension that I think sometimes happens with co-parenting. And you kind of referenced it a little bit, but it's that thing that happens in the moment mm. when all of a sudden you you know make a call about how to respond to your child and the other person looks at you like that was just the wrong move or vice versa you find out on the back end you know i didn't think we were a spanking couple and you just mm. hit my child or you know there's all these parenting things that you go wait a minute wait a minute 
I didn't know that that was what we were going to do or how we were going to respond until you already did it um, on the back end. Talk to us a little bit about how you navigate those waters. Yeah, that's really tough, especially when it hits a really tough issue like spanking. I mean, that, those are <laughs> those are big moments. And then there's the smaller moments. But I think the key is in those moments, uh, just cooler heads prevail. Like you see this, I know you're very passionate about this, but in the moment, if we're talking strictly about what's happening here, right. we can either take this to a good place or at least a neutral place, or we can make this thing go really bad really quickly. Mm. And so I think it's one of the things going I don't agree with this moment, but I'm not going to use it to, as a way of embarrassing them mm. or ridiculing them in, at all. I think that's so huge. Um, there's that's some, great. I love that that yeah. works both whether you're married or whether you're remarried or whether you're divorced and you're talking about a decision you just found out happened outside of your home. Oh, it's got to be Just so that moment to pause and say, you know, I'm going to not ridicule. Right. I think that's a fantastic kind of principle to hang on to. Mm. Um, what else? What other principles will you say, okay— in that moment when it happens, what do we do? Well, I think one is to say this conversation can wait until we're at a better spot. Mm. Like, let's don't do this here in front of the kids. Let's actually think about this, calm down, talk about this uh, later. Uh, we have a, you know, is there a code word that you have? Or is there a little look that you can kind of give your spouse to say, you know, because people say, oh, we can't stay together for the kids. And so what we can argue that one way or the other. The thing we can't argue with is we've got to parent well for the kid. Mm-hmm. You know, us, our relationship may be something different, but we have to, as a couple, parent well uh, together. And that involves a pause, and that involves mm-hmm. of we'll have this conversation later. But again, it's those, some, you know, when you've been parenting together for a long time, you can kind of give each other a little tiny glance. And you're like, oh, this is kind of pushed a button, and we're going to respect <laughs> that button with the other one. And that's a really hard thing to do, especially when you're you're exhausted at the end of the day, your kid's being a bozo, <laughs> and you try to stop him from being a bozo, and your spouse looks at you with critiquing eyes, and you're just like, really? You're going to add this to my day? Right. Uh, so it's really hard to pull it back into neutral, but it just needs to happen uh, at a better time. And yeah. that's just not the time. So talk to us a little bit about time because mm-hmm. <laughs> we're busy people. I mean, parenting has to be one of the busiest seasons of life. I'm just hoping that that's true because right now for me, you know, I've got my kids that come home at the end of the day and we're we're both kind of exhausted. We're in the zone. When is the best time? So something happens, you go, I'm going to save it for later to talk about when does that happen? <laughs> yeah. yeah, when's that going to happen? Well, I— one thought on when it shouldn't happen. Uh, the number one time that couples are fighting is when they reconnect at the end of the day. Mm. And I think a little bit of that stems from how you handle uh, talking about your day. Because you can come in, your spouses can come in and they could say, oh, my day it was so hard. This has happened. Mm-hmm. Whenever anyone goes, you think your day was bad. <laughs> you know, it doesn't go well from that. Right. Uh, so there's that dynamic. And so those are those are really difficult times that couples aren't doing really great at statistically. It's when they reconnect at the end of the day. Um, but to pause and say, okay, when are we going to talk? And again, we're all very, very busy. And we, uh, the average couple has four minutes a day in meaningful conversation. Nancy said to me one time, what was meaningful out of those four minutes? <laughs> uh, and so, but to have this time, one of the things we say to couples all the time is we want you to dialogue daily and date weekly. And mm-hmm. here, here's why. The dialogue daily is when you talk about these sort of things. It's also when you talk about what time are you going to pick up the kids tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Instead of like, where are you? He thought you, he was gonna, you were going to pick him up. <laughs> so to have those conversations 
have that dialogue and bring up those things in those moments. When does that work for you? When is that time going to be? And we have to carve it out and let it become part of the rhythm of your family. When is that for you? Uh, a rule that we got in premarital was don't talk about anything important uh, until after 9 a.m., uh, after the first cup of coffee. After the first cup of Got coffee, it. whatever That's that time is. That's a good rule in my house. And never any time after 9 p.m. All right. So before and after the 9th, or you can stretch that, whatever works for you. That has been gospel at our house. And when we have violated it, it never goes well. And we're always like, oh, we did the ninth thing. Ah, we did the ninth thing. But it's when is that time for the two of you? And some of you with little kids, like, you know, People, oh, I don't want my kids watching too many videos. Strap them into a high chair, turn on a video, and go have yourself 10 minutes. It's okay. <laughs> they will live to tell about it. But it's when that's is great. that time for you? That's great. I think looking for it and being intentional, that's amazing. I mean, we have to keep fighting for that. I know right. all the time to go, let's just reconnect. Let's, you know, talk about these things because they're critical to parenting. Yeah, when that's the and the date part of this, the reason we say we put those two things together is if you'll dialogue daily, then your dates are great. Because You've got to talk about these things, this housekeeping things, the parenting things at some point. But if you save the dates for the two of you, then the date's great. Like you don't use it as a business time. You use it as, you know, to connect. So date night shouldn't be about who's going to pick the kids up on Thursday. No, who wants to go on that date? <laughs> can you imagine if that was kind of the the agenda when you met and fell in love? And you're like, hey, can we pause and talk about, you know, all the things we have to go and do? No, you just were connected. And so that allows that to happen way better. That's great. So, all right, this is hard. We talk about co-parenting, all the struggles of trying to communicate with another adult as you're raising a little person along the way. But what makes it worth it? You know, I think we're just, we're better together. You know, we truly are. And, you know, a lot of times people, you know, they tend to be more, um, I don't know, more gifted in the parenting than maybe their spouse. But at the same time, we're better we're better together. It's different perspectives. And you, people say it all the time, you know, we marry our opposites. And I, my wife and I call it this, that you marry each other's opposite because it kind of pulls you to what we call the glorious middle, that in the middle is something great. If we can take these two extreme personalities and pull each other towards a place of health, it's a great thing. And it's good for our kids. At our house, we say that I'm grace and she's truth. And on bad days, you know, I'm in denial and she's critical. Uh, <laughs> but on most days, I think we bring that balance to each other. We can bring that in because just in our parenting styles, you know, even from a faith perspective, you could we could argue all day long that Jesus was grace and we could argue all day long that he was truth. And the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. And so there's that balance of who, who he is and who we can be as a parent. Um, and just co-parenting, I just, and when I see people, especially I work with an organization who works with uh, couples who have kids with autism, and mm. they really, really, really struggle in their marriage. And so they have these big issues, and a lot of times they think the big solution is to not be together anymore. Mm. And then they really realize, not all of them, some of them, uh, it becomes the case, but they really realize, wow, my spouse was doing way more than I thought they were doing. And not only that, they brought a perspective that I'm not bringing, I'm watching the kid missed that piece. So uh, kids get the best of us when we allow the best to come out of our spouse. I love that. I, let me wrap on one thing, because one mm. thing you said just there is so critical. And you talk about the best in your spouse and allowing your kid to experience the best in your spouse. What would you say are ways that you can set your spouse up to win? What are things that, that you would advise someone to say, you know, 
whatever you're going through, here's something you could do to help your spouse, you know, win with your kid. You know, I think it's being on the same team. I think kids need to know that you're a united front. Uh, we say often, you know, we need to hide in the bathroom and get on the same page, whether we're on the same page or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to know that they can't work mom against dad because they are brilliant at this. <laughs> they, you know, they, sh- they should write a thesis about how to do it and they can smell it in the air. And so it's getting on the same page uh, and also give and take, like, you know, you you may not fully understand your spouse's view on the way to handle something, but you need to respect it. Mm. And you, you may not be as right as you think you are. That's I'll, great. You know, it just have those moments, well, I may not be as right on this as I think that I am. There may be some things, you know, if, if you're— if your grace and their truth, you know what? Maybe your kid needs a little bit more truth right now, or maybe they need a little bit more grace, but mm. just setting them up. And I think talking well about uh, your spouse in front of your kids is so, so powerful. Mm. Um, oh, just to say this thing, don't say, hey, you know what? If daddy had taught you all about money, kids, you'd all be broke. But since mama's taught you about <laughs> money, now you'll all be rich. And so we right. have those kind of conversations right. um, a lot at our house. Just. I think that's true. I can look uh, back through my own life and and people that I know, and I love just that idea of being able to identify what is, what are they right about, mm. and celebrating that in front of your kids feels huge because your kid will always know that they're connected, you know, to mom, to dad, to grandparent, to whoever it is that's parenting them. They're mm. going to feel that connection. So when you celebrate the connection that they have, and when you celebrate that other person. It gives them um, a good perspective. Yeah, because yeah. if we're not affirming each other, who is? Kids aren't doing it. Right. You know, two-year-olds not saying, Mom, you're doing a great job. They're saying, I got poop in my pants. You know, <laughs> so who's going to do it? We're it. If they're going to hear those words throughout the day, uh, for those that parents that are married, it's going to be because their spouse gave, gives it to them. Wow, Kristen, thanks for taking time and hanging out with Ted, uh, talking about getting on the same page. So what we want you guys to do is to continue on this conversation with us about getting on the same page as parents, whatever it looks like for you. So this is how we want you guys to continue on that conversation with us. Head over to our Instagram account. You can find that on Instagram at ParentQ. That's at ParentQ. The question we want you guys to answer is this. What's the hardest thing to get on the same page about as parents. So go ahead and answer that on our Instagram account. And when you answer that, you'll be in the running to get Ted's brand new book that he was talking about in the podcast, Your Best Us. Kristen, I'm going to ask you this question because I think it's a fair question. It's a valid question. We could both answer it. What's something that you and your husband have a hard time kind of getting on the same page about? Transportation. Oh, just bam, right there. Every day. Every day, it's like, who's going to pick this one up, take this one here, pick them up here. I mean, you would think we had like 25 kids, the number of places that we have to right. drive them or pick them up. Are, now, um, are you outnumbered again or is it two or three kids? It's three. It's three. It's you are three. outnumbered. Not yeah. actually whatever I just said, 20-something sure. kids. But sometimes it just feels like it is a full-time job trying to figure out yeah. how to be on the same page about who's picking, and, who's and picking and them up. What I love about that answer is it's it doesn't have to be something super complicated, like something super deep you know, in the, yeah. in the depths of your soul. No. Simply, you know, who's going to pick up the kid? No, right. I've got to be here. You've nope. got to be there. No, I totally get that. I think, you know, for Heather and I, um, my wife, if she could, would become Amish. And uh, so it's technology, 100%, like TV, oh, yeah. phones, 
Well, whatever it may be, technology-wise. What do you mean you let them watch another show? Uh, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Another show. Carlos, you know, how when long she has she been on the iPad? Exactly. Yeah. So, guys, thanks for hanging out with us, with Kristen and myself and Ted on Parent Q Live. What we would love for you guys to do is to go into iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. Give us five stars if you love it. If you don't love it, don't give us any stars. Don't even rate it. Uh, just stop <laughs> listening. But for the rest of you guys, um, we just again we thank you for allowing us to come into your lives for just a few minutes. And with that, we will see you guys next time.